Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Finance Fridays. On today's show, we have a crowdfunder, the first of quite a few different crowdfunders I'll be getting on, Davin from Simple Crowdfunding. So, uh, I won't introduce because he's going to do it on the podcast. Uh, but as usual, please do leave a review for the podcast. I'm going to launch an episode soon, I think, with an update of what I'm doing. And yeah, if you need a good broker, insurance broker, want to be introduced to some bridges or want 98% off of a networking event or free tickets, actually, to PPN Knight, Knightsbridge as well, give me a shout. Get in touch. Davin, welcome to the Tech Talks podcast. Thank you, Tej. Thank you very much. So I think I first saw you speak, it was quite a while ago, at a networking event, actually. I think it was a panel of crowdfunders, and I've always been interested in crowdfunding and I guess what people call alternative finance in property. So for people who aren't familiar with you and your company, could you give us like a brief introduction as to who you are and, and what you do? Okay, so that's uh, Simple Crowdfunding. I am one of the co-founders, along with my wife, Atuksha. And we do two types of crowdfunding. There are two main types, peer-to-peer and equity. We do both, which is slightly unusual. Um, That allows us to help people who have deals and want to get funds raised for them, whether that's uh, peer-to-peer or loans, or whether that's equity, we can help them do that. We can also build brands, but we can talk more about that in a bit. So that's that's. That's basically what we are. We are also authorised by the Financial Conduct Authority um, to do what we do. Mm. And the two different types of crowdfunding, could you maybe take us through what the differences look like, especially to me as a property investor? If I came to you and I said, right, I've got a deal I want to fund, like how do the two matter to me? Okay, so... In- in many deals, you have uh, effectively what's called a capital stack. So a certain amount of money is needed to make this project work. And let's talk about um, a small development deal, for example. Now, often the first six, anywhere between 50 and 70% of any deal will be uh, done as a loan to possibly a mortgage via a bank. This is something we can do as well. Um, we're authorized to do that. And typically, it's a lower interest rate and there is security involved. Now, we typically take first charge uh, on bricks and mortar value um, because it's nice and easy for a lot of people to understand and it, it follows the ethos of uh, the peer-to-peer lending market. Now, at the other end of that scale, so that doesn't give you all the money you need to do your project. Some of the money comes from the fundraiser, which helps them have some skin in the game which is very important to most investors. And then there's equity. So there's a certain amount of money which can't enjoy or typically can't enjoy the same security as that uh, senior uh, peer-to-peer loan down at the bottom. So there is typically more risk and uh, typically more reward. It's really important that investors understand the differences and what they're investing in. By the way, I should have said at the beginning, and I'll say it now, 
This is obviously not financial advice or investing advice. It's very important that you get the right advice from authorized people when you're investing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that makes sense. And when you know when it comes to crowdfunding, am I right in saying that you know most of the time? If something's being crowdfunded, it has to be something interesting or juicy or like a development deal, or can you crowdfund anything? Uh, okay, so you can crowdfund almost anything. And really what a lot of it comes down to is, what is it, either as a fundraiser or an investor, what is it you're interested in? And you'll find most crowdfunding sites will focus on a particular type of lending or investing or fundraising. Uh, simple crowdfunding is obviously property focused. Uh, because we've been going for quite a long time, uh, in, in the scheme of things, actually uh, about six years, um, we, we're quite diverse. We will look at most things, uh, and as long as we understand them and they are raisable. So it's got to be something people can understand, people are interested in. Um, and people are likely to want to invest, though it is their decision at the end, um, then we'll certainly entertain it. We'll, we'll have a look at it. Huh. And so does that mean, you know, if someone approached you with, like, uh, I guess what you call a vanilla buy-to-let, where there was a, a, you know, a good chunk of margin, good cash flow, it it's stacked as a vanilla buy-to-let. Is that something that you could also crowdfund? Quite possibly. So it has to, it would have to stack as a deal. And, and this is one of the things that starts to show the difference between equity and peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer, if you think of it as there's a loan gone into that project, it's secured on that project, it could be secured on something else, uh, which opens up a bit more flexibility. And effectively what you're saying is you'll give a fixed return, interest rate, probably monthly, doesn't have to be, um, based on the returns from that project. Typically. These don't work from an equity perspective. Equity investors tend to want to get in and get out. That How long that is obviously varies quite a bit, depending on many things. Um, and so it, it's entirely possible to do buy-to-let by the crowd. Um, it, need, it needs to be right. And with a lot of these things, uh, it comes down to the detail as we appraise the deal. Yeah. Okay. And then... I want to get into the the deal appraisal, but before we do, what 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 were you doing before you got into crowdfunding? Yeah, great, great question. Um, okay, so I was in IT, and I started off in IT uh, right in the networking, the technical networking side. Um, for those of you who have been around a while in IT, if you remember BNC connectors and vampire connectors, so way before the current technology. Uh, but worked through all of that, um, even doing things like protocol analysis uh, on a global a global network which existed before the internet. So it's a private network; it wasn't public. Um, so that was that was that was pretty exciting. Um, and then I moved through operating systems, distributed systems, lots of different types of of technology, and more importantly, really innovative ways of doing it. So if you look at distributed um, systems. That those systems are the forefathers of things like uh, blockchain technology and to some extent crowdfunding conceptually. Um, so I did a lot of that. Uh, I went through, the, uh, I, I had a, an IT consultancy. Uh, I got into property 
uh, at that time had a couple of uh, small portfolios and then it came to a point where we needed to to fund more more acquisitions and decided that another business was the right way to go now my my wife and business partner Atuksha was also she was a CRM and data analytics consultant um so she did a lot of marketing for a, for a large global company um and and led uh their EMEA and APAC uh sites systems and actually outperformed the rest of the globe for that company. It's a very, very big company that you'll have heard of, but we can't tell you who it is. Um, <laughs> so we decided, uh, we were introduced to the concept of crowdfunding. Absolutely loved the idea. Realized that with the technology and the ability to um, work with crowds of people on a technology platform, we had all of that. So we had, we understood property, we understood finance, um, and so really it was just adding the whole deeper levels of finance and compliance and then crowdfunding generally to that. So we decided to get into it and we got into it really early. It's actually just before the FCA took over regulation. So when the FCA took over, we went into, we had to apply to keep running. We went into interim. We went through the application process and we were one of the fastest property platforms through. In fact, one of the fastest platforms through in just under a year um, to get that uh, full uh, direct peer-to-peer authorization at that point. Oh, fantastic. Okay. And so, you know, going back to what we said before about like the deal and the details and how it's structured, if, if I was coming to you and said, right, I've got a deal, you know, how should I structure it for you? And what kind of things as a crowdfunder are you looking at in particular? Um. So looking at in particular, we're quite we're quite open and quite diverse, uh, and that's one of the things we really like. So we we will still look at uh, smaller deals, um, a couple hundred thousand. We'll still look at larger deals, um, a million, million and a half, two million, uh, and the deal size is growing, but we're keeping those smaller deals. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. It's it's partly value based. We all start somewhere. We all do small deals in the beginning. Some go to, do go straight to big, but that's that's okay. Um, and it's, it's just the right thing to do because we all start somewhere and it's good for people to grow. And we actually do have people who bring deals to us that aren't quite right for the crowd or they're very early in their journey and not, again, not right to, to raise with the crowd at the moment. And we'll talk and we'll, we'll give, give our opinions on how they can get into the, uh, the right space. And we now have people because we've been going for such a long time coming back to us one or two years later. Having done exactly that, started a few small developments, got some experience, uh, and they're ready to raise. And it's it's really nice to to help the SME development arena grow because it, it does need help in the UK. And it's one of the things that crowdfunding really really helps with. So going back to your question, um, the how would you, you know, what what would we do? What we actually suggest is go to the website. Uh, under the top, uh, there's a, a pull down called learn and you can actually see we've got videos on how crowdfunding works uh, and advice and, and FAQs that will teach you a lot about what you would need to provide and how crowdfunding generally works. The second thing to do is to register on the site that's simplecrowdfunding.co.uk you can then go into the deals that are on there and there's plenty and you can look at how they've structured their deals and you can look at their investor memorandums 
and get a lot of that detail. Now, because we've got a really wide range of types of deals on there, you should be able to find something similar to what you're thinking of doing. So that gives you a really good feel for what we're looking for and how others have done the same thing and succeeded. Uh, at that point, once you're happy that, yeah, I, I want to do this, that's when it's good to get in contact with us. You can either email us or, or phone us. All the information's on the website. Mm, okay. So definitely people do your due diligence and homework before you kind of approach anyone for, for funding, right? It just makes the process easier from both ends. Now, um, I know, you know, rates and fees are kind of a, a, a variable question as with, you know, if I asked a bridging lender or a mortgage company, it'd all be, you know, it depends. When it comes to you, a simple crowdfunding, how how do you work out? So I come to you with a deal. I want to borrow some money. How do you work out how much you would charge me as an annual interest rate and fees? It's, it's actually, so it's a, it's a really good question because we, we actually do, true to our name we keep it very simple uh, and we have always done this uh, and we've had a few sites now sort of copy that and others try all sorts of weird and wonderful things and, and coming back to the same model uh, that we started with and we pioneered so basically first thing happens is people have a look they then have a chat with us we go through a a set of check questions really making sure that everything's um as it needs to be to get to the next stage. At that point, if we're happy that we think it's going to work and all the rates, and I will come back to that, are agreed, and then we move on to the next stage. So at that point, there is a listing fee, which is £500, equity or debt. That's really That doesn't really quite cover everything we're doing to, to get it forward, but it helps us um, cover some of it. Then what we're looking at is 5% of the amount raised is our fee and it's only payable if it's raised. So if you're looking for half a million and we get to 400,000, then you don't get the money and we don't get any fee. However, what we can do is we can also have a stretch target. So it might be that you could make the project work at 400,000, but you'd really like 600,000. So as long as we get in between that range, then it's all good. The rate that you pay to the investors is we, we'll talk to you about that so it's got to work from a project perspective it has to be able to generate enough of a return to pay the investors uh, or at least on, from a projected perspective and make it worth your while so in a in the peer-to-peer -peer scenario at the moment it's typically around eight-ish percent uh, in time i expect that to come down but that that is going to take time as the market matures from an equity perspective, it's really variable because it depends a lot on the project, the history of the fundraiser, um, the market at the moment, and, and quite a few different things. Hmm. Okay. I mean, so, and this is a question I, I, I guess any developer would ask when they're weighing up their kind of options. What is the benefit of using crowdfunding versus a bridger? For example, I mean, I know bridges may have a sort of reputation, but when it comes to the rates, I'm sure they can kind of be similar to yours. So what do you think some of the benefits of using a crowdfunder are? So I think uh, it's, it's a really important concept that crowdfunding is a new finance tool in your finance toolbox. It will it will do similar things to some existing 
uh, finance entities like bridges. Now, bridges typically can move quite quickly. Crowdfunding can't. Be quite open and transparent about that. Um, from a rates perspective, crowdfunding is a little bit cheaper, but it will become far cheaper in time, uh, which then moves on to the question of well, why would you use a crowdfund? Uh, and actually, one of the biggest things, and this is the same, one of the things we have done right from day one, is brand building. So to all the listeners out there, are you thinking, I might have this project, I want to get it funded, which is very short term? Or are you thinking, I have a business, and my business could be growing HMOs, growing by to lets small-scale development, large-scale development, and I want to keep doing that, and I will have repeated deals, and I will constantly need funding. Now, if that's your mindset, which is a bit of a nice growth mindset moving forward, to grow your business, you need a brand. People start to recognize your brand. They get to know you. They build a trusted relationship with you and that brand. So when they then see that brand, they know who they're dealing with. And if you look at it from the point of view that when you're talking to an investor, if you talk to an investor cold, your your job then is to build a relationship. If you've already got that relationship, you can then start looking at potential opportunities. <coughs> Which brings me to another point about, sorry, about <laughs> one of the things that we do. Um, we, we are authorized, we are authorized, not someone else, to do financial promotion. Any promotion, any advert, anything you put out there on any medium, whether it's a podcast, on Facebook, in front of a room full of people, anywhere, if the intent is to raise money, it's a financial promotion. And you need to be authorized to do it. And we are. We can, which means we can also do it on behalf of our fundraisers, which keeps you compliant. And compliance is a massive, massive thing. Really, really important. Hmm. Okay, no, that's a good point. I think, you know, the branding piece is is important. I think, you know, I always talk about this on the podcast that we should brand ourselves and our businesses to increase our reach and our awareness. And I think, you know, when we go for funding, I don't know, I think naturally we don't necessarily think about the branding because traditionally the funding is a bridger, a mortgage, an angel, and it doesn't really build your brand up per se because it's kind of an institution so I think that's a great point for everyone listening is that consider these other elements that you get with crowdfunding that you just you don't get with a traditional kind of um, kind of deal now when it comes to finances timing is one of the most important and annoying things uh, when it comes to trying to get things done quickly how long you know does it take you or I guess crowdfunding in general to go from hi Davin here's my uh, deal to thank you Davin the money's in my account so that it is variable and it, I would say the first time that you do it assume it's going to be anywhere between two and three months which sounds like a really long time and actually it a lot happens in that two three months what we find is if you have absolutely all your docs in a row the fastest we've got a, a project on the platform from meeting getting all our checks and bits and bobs done is four days but that's incredibly rare it's, it's just 
very unusual to happen. Most people are still learning how crowdfunding works, possibly setting up certain profiles, getting all the information together that we will need. Um, so typically, I would say that takes three to four weeks. Then we're up on the platform, we're marketing, we're getting people to know who you are, getting lots of questions from investors, um, and and getting it funded. Once it's funded, uh, it's typically two weeks. It can be a bit more. Now, it's interesting because one of the things you do have in the UK is distant selling regulations. You have to wait two weeks, which, which is the, 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 the end result of, of how those are applied. So it's really important to understand that crowdfunding takes a while. Now, the really exciting thing is once you have a brand that people recognize, you can, you're, the funding part in the middle can get a lot, lot quicker. The quickest we've done, so we've done, uh, we did a raise for 650,000. We did in 64 minutes. We did a raise for actually 80,000, which overfunded to 93,000 in, I think that was seven minutes. Um, and then we've got other raises take longer. Typically, the fast raises are once someone's raised a couple of times and people start to get to know who they are and move quicker. So it's about building your brand, building your reputation so that you have a good feel for how much is sat in the in the crowd. Mm, it's very interesting. And then so I guess that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, you know, do you find that you have too much money and not enough deals or is it the other way around on the platform? Uh, so crowdfunding, is, it's a bit of a seesaw. And what you have to do as a platform is you build your reputation, you get some deals on, you get some investors, they choose to invest, and then it becomes it's a seesaw. You have to grow both sides at the same rate. You do get to different stages where you grow in different ways. Um, if you grow one side too quickly, uh, the seesaw will start to tip over. So it's it's it, you could say the answer is we're always looking for both. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And have there been any particularly I don't know, interesting or challenging case studies that you funded before? Um, they're, they're all quite interesting. They're always exciting because once they come to uh, come to the platform, for, for a start, if they're someone we've worked with before, it's great because it's a new project. Um, we have some history. The investors know who they are. Um, and it's it's how efficient can we be making that work? Then when you have new investors or new, sorry, new fundraisers, it's always exciting getting to know them, getting to know their business, the deal, um, them learning about what they can actually do with crowdfunding uh, and then getting that information out there. So I think, it, it, yeah, there's lots, there's lots of different things because we're quite diverse as well. Um, looking at how investors look at different types of deals and different types of projects. Hmm. Okay. And how much money have you lent out or has been borrowed since you've started? So we've had, uh, I think it's around 8 million uh, raised. Uh, some of that is lent because some of it's peer-to-peer, -peer, some of it is invested uh, as it's equity. It's mostly equity. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. And if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way they can do it? 
uh, come via the website and the email address and there's a phone number on there. Drop us an email or um, uh, give us a call. Uh, also on Facebook, uh, Insta, LinkedIn, all the usual places. Amazing. Well, Davin, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Finance Friday. And for everyone listening, I hope this has been helpful to clarify the different types of crowdfunding, but also introduce you to, you know, someone who is, you know, operating a crowdfunding platform that may help you. So if you want to get involved, just get in touch with Davin and I'm sure he will help you. Davin, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. And that's simplecrowdfunding.co.uk and hope to hear from you all soon. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.